from uh, I'm saved to now I'm even more like way more. I'm like crazy saved now, you know. But hopefully at the end of this series, what will happen is you have a, a healthier understanding of who God is. But, but more importantly, you'll begin to realize and understand when he's speaking. That's the goal for this series. I, I, I want there to be a generation that hears God's voice. Why? Because how can you be his people if you don't? This is important that we catch this. Hearing God's voice, it's not an option. It's not reserved for the hyper-spiritual. It's necessary for a relationship with God. This is foundation. This is 101. So buckle up, take notes. Um, I'm excited to share this with you. And let's pray and jump into whispers week one, okay? God, we love you so much. We thank you for uh, who you are. We ask that as you uh, use us to reach our world that, More importantly, God, we'll just connect with you. We just want to be close. Your word says, abide in me and I will abide in you. I pray over every single person in this place tonight that their number one goal isn't to know God so they can know his plans. I pray that this place begins to just fall in love with God just to know God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Father. We love you. It's your name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Uh, anybody grow up in a superstitious family? Anybody, anybody have a superstitious, or, or like the office says, my, my family's not superstitious. There's just a little stitious, right? But like, did anybody grow up with your parents saying just like wild and outlandish stuff that you knew like maybe wasn't true, but you still did? Like, like my, my, my parents were crazy. They said all kind of crazy stuff. I remember one time my mom told, I, I, I accidentally swept her foot with the broom. And she was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, okay, go throw that broom away. I said, why? Apparently sweeping black people's feet is bad luck. She, my mom made me throw this broom away because I swept the foot. Or this is one, my grandma always said this. Uh, she would say like, like, do, it was a rule. You did not walk in her house with one shoe on and one shoe off. Like, for some reason, that, like, brought bad ju- You couldn't do that. There was, like, a, a big thing. But my family had all these. Or, or here's one. Here's one. This is not superstitious, but this was just something my family always did. It, did your family ever tell you that you had to wait 30 minutes before going back in the pool after you ate? Why was that a thing? You, like, like, parents could just lie for whatever reason they wanted. That's not true. They're like, you're going to get cramps. That's not true, right? That's scientifically wrong. How does that even make sense? But as a, as a kid, I'm like timing. I'm like, ooh, shouldn't have ate those fries. Golly, got to be more careful. <laughs> but, like, my parents would just make up stuff I felt like sometimes, and I would believe them simply because they said this. I feel like in the world this happens, right? And, and like, because my parents did this uh, to me growing up, I always was, like, on a search for truth. I'd be like, mm, I don't really believe that. I'm going to Google what you just said. But, like, I've been, like, like I'm my own personal myth buster. I, I believe that. I, I'm like, oh. I don't really know about what you just said. I'm going to check that out. But um, there's a couple of things when I was researching, I was like, this is crazy. People need to know. Did you know that bats aren't actually blind? What, does that blow everybody? Because what's the saying? I am blind as a, right? Why don't you just say, like, I'm blind as Ray Charles, right? He's actually blind. <laughs> no offense, RIP, right? Uh, no, but like bats aren't for real. What makes them insane predators is the fact that they're not blind and they use like echo frequency. They're just like OP, like right? They're, they're insane. Did you know, or, or check this out. Did you know that bulls really don't hate red? 
right? Bulls don't hate red. They, the, the only reason why they get upset is because they have a little dude who's Spanish uh, cussing them out in Spanish and, like, dancing right in their face, right? Like, like that, it's not the red part, but I always thought bulls hate red. So when I went to the rodeo to see Beyonce, I was not wearing red, okay? Like, I'm not getting caught tonight. <laughs> Oh, there, there are all kinds of myths just like this uh, that we believe. Or this one, this one caught me. Um, uh, Napoleon actually wasn't short. D- does that not blow your mind? Like, like I, as a matter of fact, he was 5'7", which meant for his time he was above average height uh, for French people. Like, how can people just lie like that? History books can just lie, right? It's just a thing. I feel like that happens often. We, we believe stuff simply because people tell us, oh, well, this is right. It, it must be right. I'm going to believe it. I'll go with that. I feel like oftentimes, uh, particularly when it comes to hearing the voice of God and in church in general, sometimes I, I really think we just believe stuff. Like, like whatever we grow up hearing, we, we just believe that, right? Like, check this out. This is, this is really going to blow your mind. Did you know? I'm about to ruin. So this is like telling people that Santa's not real. This is crazy. Did you know he's not, right? <laughs> Did you know that there weren't three wise men? Right, like the, the word of God never said that. People made that up. They were like, yo, there's three gifts, so there's got to be three dudes. What if like eight dudes brought the same three gifts? And I've been telling my family for all, the three wise men. <laughs> But I feel like especially in our faith, oftentimes we're just fed stuff and we believe it just because a bunch bunch of people said it and a bunch of people believe it. When it comes to hearing the voice of God, I think so many of us are are, are so encapsulated with what we grew up thinking. Or maybe people didn't even say it. They just kind of sort of like like felt like they were saying it. But but we hear phrases like, the Lord led me. I, I heard God say. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, pastors and really spiritual people, they say stuff like this all the time. And we hear it. And those of us that don't really speak King James Version very well, we're like, I guess I can't hear God. But it happens. We hear them say, the Lord said, and you're like, well, I don't know because God doesn't really speak to me like that. So I must not be doing something right. We're fed these myths about how God, how God can only speak if you're living right, if you're doing exactly what he called you. To. Like, like, you know, there, there's so many things about the voice of God that we need to get right tonight. Here's why. When you begin to understand the voice of God, what begins to change is not just your understanding of how he's speaking, but what we're really talking about is we're changing your perspective of God in general. So many of us grew up with a God who, who was a dictator. He tells you what to do, when to do it, where to do it. And if you really fall in love with him, all you'll do is turn into a little robot that just does what he says. So many of us, we grew up with a vengeful God. You do bad stuff. That's the reason why your car broke down. Okay. Oh, man. I sinned. That's why I failed my test. No, you ain't study. (laughs) But if you have this perspective of God being this guy who takes out his revenge on sinful people that do bad things, you miss it altogether and you begin to have this distorted picture of God. Well, no reason I don't hear the voice of God. I'm always sinning up all the time. 
But when you begin to understand a healthy picture of who God is and ultimately how he speaks, what's going to happen is it's going to radically change how you go about your walk with Jesus. So tonight, what I hope to do is I hope to debunk some myths that maybe you grew up believing in. You know what, if you walked in here and you're like, Pastor Jared, I didn't even grow up in church. I think church people are weird. They're speaking in tongues. All of that. That's weird to me. I just grew up and I don't know. I didn't even know none of it. It's on the outside. If you're untainted, look, perfect. We can just start from the top. Okay? We'll just start from the top. But for those of you guys that need some of this myth busting tonight, I hope this helps you in a way that gives you a clear picture of God. See, the truth is, so oftentimes, I think that the biggest thing we struggle with is being a person, especially young people, because how many of y'all know you make your most mistakes in your 20s, right? That's like a real thing. Anybody else agree? I'm still in my 20s. I feel like I'm always making mistakes. But the hardest thing about the voice of God is like, can he really speak to broken, hurting people that just like really sinned bad yesterday like I really really messed up last week as as a matter of fact this morning Pastor Gerald I'm just gonna be honest just a second ago I just really messed up can God speak to sinful people can God speak to broken people because when I look at the Bible all I see are these religious incredible giants that are so close with Jesus but if we look closer to the Bible what you're gonna see is a totally different narrative than we all thought See, the people that God speaks to in the Bible, they're not perfect. As a matter of fact, they're the most broken. So often God chooses to speak to people that aren't in power, that aren't in politics, that don't have it all together. Oftentimes God speaks to people who have no business hearing him in the first place. Does that not make you feel welcome and right at home? How about you? But for me, I'm like, yo, perfect. I want to read that book. But when I look at the Bible, I I, I see and understand that, that God doesn't speak because of the person. He speaks in spite of them. If you're taking notes, I want you to take down this idea. Here's my first point. God speaks to people like me. First truth you need to understand as we break a myth is that God speaks to people like you. There's this story, uh, maybe the the most famous story as it comes to God speaking in the Bible. There's a story that that chronicles this long dialogue, almost through the the most of the back half of this man's life. Uh, But it's, it's the story of Moses, right? Even if you're, even if you're, you're not a Christian or you don't, you didn't grow up in church. You, you've heard of Moses before. And when we think of Moses, what do we think of? The really long beard, the staff, the Red Sea, poof, right? That's what we think of. And, and all throughout Exodus, there's this ongoing dialogue where God's talking to Moses and Moses is talking to God. And it's like, yo, this is crazy. I'd be so much better of a Christian if I heard God talk like Moses did. I promise. And maybe the most famous of these conversations between God and Moses comes in Exodus chapter 3. I want to read you a little bit of that. It's chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. It says this. It says, now now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames and fire from within a bush. This is the scene of the burning 
bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. And then he's like, yo, yo, whoa, whoa, why doesn't this burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. God said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place which you are standing is holy ground. I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face. Why? Because he was too afraid to look at God. See, when we read the Bible, we think that God speaks to these people in, in, in these incredible circumstances when they're, they're awake at 5 a.m. doing their devotional in their prayer closet with their crucifix, kissing it, just praying. Like, like we just think, but, but if we look at what's happening here, what just happened? God surprised Moses in a bush. God surprised Moses in a bush, and it freaked him out. Why? The Bible said that, that, that Moses hid his face like, yo, this is crazy. I don't want any part of this. Let me give you a little backstory about where we're reading as well. See, up until this point, Moses was not following God. As a matter of fact, if we go back and look at the stories, uh, the story of Moses, here are the highlights. He was adopted. He didn't even hang out with the people that God called him to save, right? He, he, was, a, he was a Hebrew that was raised an Egyptian. Crazy. Had nothing to do with the people of God his whole life. Then he was a murderer. He ran away from Egypt. Why? Because he had killed somebody. This was a murderer. And lastly, what did the Bible say he was doing at the time that God spoke to him? He was a shepherd. He was a shepherd. And if you understand the, the, the time that this was written in, what you need to know, were shepherds were the lowliest of low. He basically cleaned up poop for a living, right? That's what he did. So he had... He had placed him, ostracized himself on the outside of society. He had been adopted. He had killed somebody. He was running from God in every kind of way, and God still chose to speak to him. See, some of you people in here right now, y'all feel just like Moses. You feel like everything in your life has gone left when you were supposed to turn right. You feel like, yo, I'm not worth it. I don't, I don't deserve any of this. The crazy thing is if we look back at the Bible narrative, God speaks to people like you. The broken, the hurting, those of us that don't have it all together. See, the other thing about Moses that you might not also understand is that three times Moses said, not me, God. It ain't me. I'm turning my face away. Please send somebody else. It ain't me. It ain't me. You ever felt like the things that God is calling you to do, you're not adequate enough to make it happen. Join the club. What you need to understand about how God speaks, if I can just paint a broad picture, what you need to understand is that God speaks to us, not because of us, but in spite of us. And when you begin to understand this, oh, what, what's going to happen is you'll, you'll take off the blinders that stop you from hearing God because you don't want to hear him. And what you'll begin to do is you'll begin to humble yourself and say, you know what, I'm ready. However you want to speak, God, I'm open. Speak. See, most people, when we think about Moses, because we know how his story ended, we think he was like the, the, the Stephen Furtick of the Old Testament, right? Preaching and throwing out one-liners like crazy. He was, he was Moses, bro, Ten Commandments. That's what we think. But here's the thing. God gives us a picture 
of Moses. God gives us the Bible not so that we could understand that it takes extraordinary people to connect with an extraordinary God. God gives us the picture of Moses before the end of his story. Why? So we can see a picture of ordinary people in conversation with an extraordinary God. God is trying to let you know, however broken you might seem, it's not broken enough. If I can use Moses, if I can speak to Moses, why in the world can I not talk to you? What have you done that eclipsed the laundry list of sins I just gave to you? And if you've killed somebody, you're adopted, uh, and all this stuff too, maybe we need to have a conversation. But <laughs> I'm just saying, Moses was pretty messed up. And God still chose to speak. Speak to him. So wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, eliminate that insecurity from your life right now. You don't have to be spiritually mature to hear the voice of God. That's not what it's about. You just got to listen. You just got to listen. Here's my second thought. Here's my second thought. God speaks to be with me. God speaks to be with This is a fundamental shift in, in, in for so many people in this room right now because we, we, we have this understanding in modern culture, especially modern Christianity, that the most important thing you can get from God is a plan from God. We have this unhealthy obsession. And I'm going to address this really quick because I'm painting these broad pictures. And, and look, this is a series, so we're going to take this week by week. And a lot of this stuff I'm breezing over, we're going to come back to. But I need you to understand this whole picture. But i, I got to pause for a second. There is an unhealthy obsession, especially among young Christians, to know God's plan. Like, like that's our thing. We just, it's, we just be saying God's plan. Instagram bio, God's plan. I don't know, should I blame Drake? I don't know who I should blame, but like... Christians, like, all we want to know is, like, yo, God's plan. God's plan for my life is wild. God's plan for today is crazy. God's plan for next week is going to blow your mind. God's plan, God's plan, God's plan. Why do we have this unhealthy obsession with our future? Why do we want to know so bad what God's called us to be? Here's the truth that I believe. If we begin to be as obsessed with our father as we were about knowing our future, we wouldn't have a trouble hearing God in the first place. Why do we got to know so bad? You want to know why? It's insecurity. We're not secure in our identity and in who God has called us to be. So, so we overcompensate by desperately trying to figure out who he's called us to do. Because what we're thinking, what we're hoping is that there's this crazy, like, top secret CIA of the angels and Jesus Christ himself type plan that God's going to, like, download into our life. And then when we see it, it'll validate our desperate need to be important. And all of our friends that are living like sinners, well, they can go just forget it. They can kick rocks. Because I'm special. Because God's using me. Young people, here's what you need to know. You're not important because of what God is speaking to you. You're not important because of what God is speaking to you. You're important simply because he's speaking to you. Stop falling in love with God so you can get a really cool future. He wants to know you now. Your future will never, ever replace your desperate need to be intimate with him.
No matter how many thousands you speak in front of with a mic, no matter how many people you play in front of with your guitar, no matter how many uh, countries you missionary in, no matter how many businesses that you start that are going to wreck the world for Jesus, and I'm going to make a lot of money too, though. Yeah. Like, no, matter, no matter how big and beautiful this plan that you think God has for your life, it'll never supersede his first love. You. You. There's this story uh, that I love in Matthew uh, chapter 3, and it's important that you understand where we're going with this, but I want to read it really quick. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that same moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said this, this is my son whom I love. And with him, I am well pleased. You know when this story happened? Right after Jesus had been crucified and saved the world. He had performed like 83 dozen miracles. Called the disciple. Y'all, I'm lying. You know when this happened? Before it all started. Leave that scripture up here. Check this out. God looked down from heaven on Jesus and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Before he did the water and the wine trick, before he got back up from the grave, before he laid his hands on any lepers, before he met Matthew, James, John, Luke, all, before, before everything, before the ministry began, before this big, beautiful plan that God has for his life started, guess what? God looked down on him and said, right where you are, you need to know I love you and I'm pleased. Listen to me, young people, right in the middle of your story, the week after you slept with him when you swore you wouldn't, the night after you tried to commit suicide, the same day when you broke up with her when you thought she was going to be your everything, the same month when you failed the test that was supposed to get you in that school that was going to take you wherever, the same day... You didn't get into the right graduate school. The same time, all those friends said, you know what? I don't want to hang out with you anymore. The same day your parents got divorced. The same day you felt like you weren't enough. God is looking at you going, I don't care. This is my child, and I'm so pleased. not important because of what God's speaking to you. You're important because he just chooses to talk to you. The the creator of the universe, the God who is above all, the sovereign Lord who, who made heaven and earth and us out of dust, who did all of this, the same God who loves us. Look, he's looking at you going, I don't care what it is that you're dealing with. I don't care what it is that, that you're, you're harboring closed off in your secret doors. In the dark. I don't care what you're hiding. I don't care what habits you're dealing with. I don't care what sins you're trying to break. You can't seem to break. I don't care what you're, what you're consistently saying about yourself, even though you know it's not true. I don't care how much you try to fit in with everybody so you do stupid stuff. I don't care. I'm still pleased, and I love you. I just want to talk to you. Don't be fooled, young people. There's nothing that you could do. There's no plan he could give you that would ever give you the opportunity to earn his love. 
He just gave it for free. And if you're ever going to have a clean, clear understanding of who God is, you got you to gotta rewind yourself and unlearn all the bad stuff you thought you knew about who God is. You got to get back to the basics. What's the basic? God talks to us. God talks to us, not to our pastors. God doesn't just talk to you through your pastors or through your spiritual friends that are super Christian or through your mama. He doesn't just speak through your mama because she knows when you're doing bad stuff. And Pastor Jared, I promise she can hear the Holy Spirit because she always knows when I'm doing something bad. She'll be calling me. She'll be saying, Pastor Jared. God doesn't just speak through your mom. He doesn't. He's talking to you. Just like he's talking to me. I'm not more important than you. God's talking to us. Wake up. But if you're going to ever hear him, you have to understand that the point of him talking is not so that he could download this plan and get you to do all this stuff that he wants you to do so you could figure it out because it's top secret and it's hidden. And it's like the Jack Ryan of Christians, like you got to go save the world. It, no. God's primary function for opening his mouth is to create a relationship with you. The primary, listen, y'all didn't even, you ain't write that down. Look, type it in your phone. <laughs> oh, for wait, go ahead. I'm just kidding. God's primary function for communicating with you and me is so that he can develop a relationship. God wants to know us, and we desperately want to be known. It's why we get married. Can y'all be honest right now? Who in here loves to be in relationships? Just be real. You, just, you know you love to be in a relationship. Why y'all lying? Look, if you wore a beanie to view, you love to be in a relationship. Like, like what you hiding? You know what I'm saying? Got to... The Carhartt emblem right here, the, the beanie don't stop to like right here, bro. You love... Don't try to play. And if you wore a trucker hat, you ain't fooling nobody. You love a girl. You love a good girlfriend. Stop playing. Listen, your boots don't fool us. We know you like to be booed up. Don't play. Look, it's, it's why we want to be in a relationship. It's why we so desperately crave a, a marriage and a family and that right partner. It's why we want friends. It's why we feel horrible and lame when nobody calls us and it's Friday night and we see on Instagram that everybody's hanging out but us. It's why we have that sinking feeling like I'm the worst. You want to know why? Because you were created to be known. It is in your makeup, biologically, physiologically, anatomically. <laughs> you were created to be known. 99% of what you do is to be known. That's just true. And we can talk about it all day, but I don't, I don't have the time. I'm just letting you know that is in you. And God speaks so that you can know him. And then he wants to have a conversation so he can know you back. He's not speaking to you to guide. God's not Google Maps, GPS in your life. God's a father. He just wants to know his kids. 
So if that was the case, if God's primary reason for opening his mouth is to communicate with his children and to get to know them, why in the world do you think he would disguise his voice from you? Like, why do you think it would be this insane spiritual recollection to understand when God speaks? Like, why do you think it's only reserved for the spiritually mature? If God's primary function was to know his children, he wants to know you. Like, like why do we think that? Why do we think that our brokenness stops God from knowing us? Here's the truth. If you're broken, all the more reason for him to start talking. We've got to unlearn some of the, these bad habits that we've developed because the enemy sows lies even into religion to stop us from knowing our father because he knows the better we know our father, the further we are away from him. Here's my third and last thought. God speaks in the whisper. When God speaks... God speaks. God is speaking in the whisper. I want to read this passage of scripture. It's in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 through 12. It says this. It says, Then a, a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And here's what you need to understand because. Elijah the prophet is, is who uh, this passage of scripture is writing about. And as a matter of fact, we actually read this, this scripture uh, about a, a few months ago when we were in the In My Head uh, mental health series. We talked about this prophet. Remember the one that, that, that was like, God, kill me now. He tried to commit suicide under the juniper tree. Remember that? Uh, this is the same guy. This is in the middle of all that. He was like, God, I just need to hear you. This is a crazy situation. I'm running for my life. And then here's how God responds to a desperate man. It says, a wind tore through the mountains and shattered the rocks, but God was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but check this out. The Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord wasn't even in the fire. Why? Because after the fire came a gentle whisper. Some translations say a still, small voice. Look, there's this thought that when it comes to hearing God's voice, you need to look for signs and coincidences. These big, loud gestures that confirm, oh, that's only God. I hear people all the time try to, like, tie, look, uh, I was supposed to move to um, San Francisco, and the zip code there was uh, 4763, and LeBron scored 47 points, seven rebounds. I'm supposed to move, okay? <laughs> Y'all laugh at me, but I hear people, like, trying to tie coincidences like this all the time. It's like, uh, well, like I was supposed to work at this place, um, and I said no the first time, and then God kept bringing that. Same job up three times after he closed the door, he opened them again. Or maybe they just like really needed to hire somebody. That's not, that doesn't necessarily mean it's God. Young people, you're making a fundamental mistake if you begin to search for God in the loud, crazy gestures before you look for him in the whisper. It's funny. People that haven't learned to tune their ears to the still small voice of God, 
They're the main ones who want signs. But my thing is, if you haven't learned to hear my voice in a whisper, how can you hear it in a crowd? And I'm not saying that signs and visions and that stuff is not real. Yeah, that happens. But if we look at the Bible narrative, it's really more of the exception than the rule. As a matter of fact, there's places in the New Testament where Jesus says, you wicked generation, you ask for a sign. You ask for, you ask for signs and wonders. She's like, but I gave you me. I gave you Jesus. So many of us, we want signs and loud gestures, and God's just like, yo, I just want you. We're going to open up this thought a little bit more as we go on in the series, this thought that God is speaking in a whisper. But what I need you to know is sometimes if you're trying to understand how God is speaking, the mistake is to think that you can hear them when your life is so loud. I'm, I'm working two jobs. I got three groups of friends. I'm trying to do this side hustle, and I'm always on Instagram. And as soon as I wake up, notification, I, I got to watch the game tomorrow. I got to do this, do this. It, like like our, so many of us, our lives are so loud. There's no space for God to speak. The Bible says he's not in the wind tearing through the mountains. He's not in the fire. He's not in the loud. He's trying to speak to you in a whisper, but you won't turn your life down. You're so busy, but you're not actually doing anything. I hear so many people talk about, you say, Yo, have you spent time with God this week? You know, I don't know, Pastor Jerry, but my, my week's been crazy. It's just, it's just been out of this world. You have time for Netflix? Yeah, but that's how I rest. Well, rest in Jesus. Like, and, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to convict you or, or make you feel bad. What I'm saying is, if you genuinely want to hear the voice of God, then slow down for a second. Make space for his voice to speak. Make space so you can hear the gentle whisper, the still small voice. Because here's what's not up for debate. God is speaking. There's no doubt. I hear him every morning at 6 a.m., I promise you. He's speaking. He's speaking to me about y'all. This word tonight, not in the over-spiritualized, well, I heard God tell me. No, I'm just close to him. And I want to know. I still make mistakes just like you. I still mess up. That doesn't mean I can't talk to my dad. Those of you who feel so far from God that this is like Spanish. I'm speaking to you. God's talking to you. You're so special to him. He wants a relationship with you. And however bad you feel about what you've done in the past, however uh, skeptical you feel about what this whole church thing is, the worship, the hands, all listen to me. You need to know God is still speaking to you irregardless. I know this because it's so clear when I look into his word. It's in a still, small voice. Every head bowed, every eye closed.